Welcome to the Willing to Listen South Bruce Proud podcast. Willing to Listen is a grassroots volunteer group based in South Bruce, Ontario, that is dedicated to thoroughly investigating multiple aspects of Canada's proposed deep geological repository for spent nuclear fuel. I'm Sheila Wittick, and I'm so excited to have you join me as we delve into this controversial project. I'm joined today by Adrian Foster. Adrian is the mayor of Clarington. Uh, the municipality that is home to the Darlington Nuclear Generating Station, as well as several other nuclear facilities, including the potential home for a new small modular reactor. We're going to talk a little bit about what it's like to be a nuclear host community from the eyes of the municipality. Mayor Foster, thank you so much for joining me today. I really do appreciate it. If you wouldn't mind just taking a couple of minutes and introducing yourself for our listeners. Hi, I'm Adrian Foster. I'm the mayor of the municipality of Clarington. Clarington is a proud nuclear host. We have the Darlington Nuclear Generating Station. We have just capped, but not completely finished, the Port Granby. That is a low-level radioactive waste facility that had to be moved from an old site by the lake into a a modern engineered site. Uh, And as well, uh, we are going through the process of possibly licensing small modular reactors. We're excited about that. That, of course, brings the nuclear industry here. I also chair an organization called the Canadian Association of Nuclear Host Communities. And that is uh, exactly what it sounds like. It's a collection of, of municipalities that are nuclear hosts. Uh, we get together, we share experiences, you know, first and foremost is safety in our communities. I would suggest that all of our members are, uh, we are all proud hosts and excited about the industry that we have and the future of the industry. Yeah, there's definitely some exciting things on the horizon when they start looking at SMRs and all the refurbishments going on of our candy reactors. There's a lot of excitement right now in the industry, which is exciting. Yeah, I should have mentioned, I mean, you know, so we're not quite halfway through the refurbishment of uh, Darlington, a $12.9 billion project in our backyard. There are as many people working on the refurb as working in the power plant. So for people who don't, don't think about it, you've got a reactor that's, you know, an island that is being worked on, uh, while you've got uh, three others providing much, much needed power in, in the province. Uh, you know, and, and Sheila, you will understand the diversity and magnitude of, of the task required. I know you mentioned the nuclear industry being in your backyard. How is the overall community perception of the Darlington station being in your municipality? Is there an overwhelming fear? Is there an acceptance? Is there a positive outlook, negative? Like, how is the overall community perception? Um, it's positive. Uh, you know, and I, I can unabashedly say that there, you know, there are always elements of a society that will like or dislike anything. It really doesn't matter what it is. But um, you know, we've got an awful lot of the an awful lot of people similar to yourself that work in the facility or facilities, I should say, uh, live in the community, and they are you know absolutely the best ambassadors. So so they live here, uh, they're retired here, they're raising kids here, they're getting their recreation here. So it's a pretty, pretty strong statement. Another thing that we have brought up quite a bit is possible negative impacts on the community. So what kind of, well, have there been negative impacts on the community and, and what, what have they been? So I can't think of direct negative impacts. Uh, perhaps the closest to a negative impact uh, would be the, the three kilometer 
exclusionary zones. So in terms of allowing development, uh, certain types of development uh, within three kilometers of the plant. So there, there are lands that can't be developed uh, into subdivisions as an example. Uh, and as much as uh, those property owners and developers might say that that is a terrible thing, um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not convinced. So there's there's a lot of farming uh, that is going on uh, down there. Quite frankly, uh, by virtue of the plant being there, a lot of space that's being used for recreation. So we've got soccer fields, paths uh, that would otherwise uh, not exist. So some restrictions on development. Uh, having said that, we are struggling to keep up with the development. Uh, our our problem is is not a lack of development. Our, our problem right now in Clarington is managing the growth that is going on. So it's not impeding growth and that exclusionary zone is to my mind, a, a good thing. Uh, you, you do run into you know, individuals that are worried about things that come out of science fiction movies and, and they, they, they genuinely believe that there are you know, massive leaks or health ramifications none of which you can point to any science or statistics. Mm -hmm. um, so so there, there, is, there is that bit, but, but there's always, you know, you're always going get, to get that. Yeah, it's funny. So as you're aware here in South Bruce, we're a potential host to the um, DGR for Canada's spent nuclear fuel. And I actually had a gentleman one time, I wish I could remember what the title of the book was, but that's how much attention I actually paid to what he said. But he had quoted this, this science fiction book about this book says this is going to happen. I'm like, are we actually quoting a fictional book right now as a source of logical information? Have we actually gone there? Yeah, it's uh, well, you know, from, from my age bracket anyway, if you, you know, if you went to, you know, the fifties, sixties and, and the fifties, it's just because as kids, we watched old movies that were on TV, uh, you know, but it was, you know, the, you know, giant ants and giant spiders and, and 60 foot women. Yeah. The media definitely has not done nuclear power any favors. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so just on that note too, you had mentioned keeping up with the growth and is that growth specific to the nuclear industry or is it just growth in general? I think it's twofold. It is growth in general. So we are part of the GTA, the Greater Toronto Area, and uh, up until recently uh, would have been identified as, uh, you know, amongst the most affordable housing, <laughs> I'm going to say affordable, we have caught up big time, uh, which, which it's a double-edged sword. Good luck affording a house, yeah. uh, unfortunately. Uh, here. So, so part of it, I think, is a, a, a not natural uh, offshoot, but uh, with all those jobs coming. So uh, firstly, with the refurbishment of Darlington, that plant and all of those jobs are going to be around for another 30 years. We've got, you know, a couple thousand people, some of whom, uh, you know, have moved here uh, and some companies have moved here. Uh, and then we've got the announcement that OPG's head office is coming uh, to Clarington as well. So that's somewhere between oh, wow. Yeah, that's 2,000 to 2,500 uh, jobs. And we are hearing about uh, companies that will move along uh, with the head office. With the strong potential of an SMR coming, you know, we are starting to see people come to, the, to town around small modular reactors uh, as well. So it's, I don't think you can point to any one thing, but um, uh, certainly, you know, some of that growth is, is directly related to the nuclear file. 
Right. I know here specific to the DGR, we have a lot of concerns. And when I say we, I mean, some people in the community have a lot of concerns about land value and the DGR making our land virtually worthless, according to some people. Have there been any experiences like that where people have noticed that no one wants to buy my house because Darlington's here? No, and I'm, I'm grinning. There, 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 there are some land holdings. I'm, I'm being cute, so I, I don't identify or insult anyone. Uh, but we had, we had uh, taken some steps uh, any number of years ago, and, and there were some land holdings uh, close uh, to the plant. The, the property owners were, were quite upset with the steps that we, that we took. I can tell you that the property owners today uh, are upset by the number of developers that keep knocking on their door. You know, individuals uh, that, you know, I'm going to say normal uh, people, you know, they and their, they are sitting on uh, multiple millions of dollars. Uh, You know, their children and grandchildren are are set for life. Uh, So, so property values have, have not been impacted. Um, You know, perhaps closer for, uh, for you. And, And I would suggest if, if property values are going to be impacted, it would probably be a power plant, which is an active endeavor, uh, as opposed uh, to a, a depository. You know, if you looked at Port Granby, there were concerns over, uh, which is part of the Port Hope Area Initiative, there were concerns over uh, property valuation. So there was a, you know, a, a property value protection plan put in place, which gave a degree of certainty to residents. It turned out to be a non-issue. Right. And I know the NWMO was working on a land value protection or property value protection program right now. It, it's just interesting to me, this, this talk about land value. As a Bruce Power worker, as someone who has a lot of friends and coworkers that live around, you know, the site of Bruce Power and King Carden and Port Elgin and seeing what the land values are there and, you know, knowing what happened when Bruce A shut down and how land values tanked and you know, you right. can see that dichotomy of like, no, the nuclear plant is actually really good for land value, almost to the point that things are too expensive. But then it's funny because we have that we have that anti-group in town here saying, you know, our land's going to be worthless. And then they turn around and say, we're not going to be able to afford to buy anything. It's going to be too expensive. And it's like, well, which is it? You Is it right. one or yeah. the other? Pick one or the other. And, and there can be, you know, so so actually you're asking about, a, you know, the the potential challenge is you know and with all of the activities so housing prices have moved up i'm i'm in a situation where both of my children would like to buy a house true of anyone you know their age you know anywhere yep. and the house prices have gone crazy so i'm going to say there's a downside to wealth creation my past my past life was in financial services so i now i know that sounds stupid you know you you will you will generate a lot of opportunity you will generate a lot of wealth and is is there a downside to that? Yeah, potentially. You know that that someone who wanted to move back to town may not because house prices have moved up. But if your house is your biggest asset and you need that for retirement, it's a pretty good thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is a double edged sword there for sure. And then you had mentioned agriculture happening down around Darlington, which is another thing we hear here a lot. Obviously, Bruce County is a really big farming county, heavy in agriculture, and there's this concern. Specific to South Bruce, I wouldn't say Bruce County as a whole, but specific to South Bruce that, you know, they won't be able to sell their beef or people won't want to buy the milk because this DGR comes here. Um, Have any of your local farmers had any issues farming near Darlington? 
No, if anyone wanted to, they could go on Google Maps, uh, you know, Google the, uh, the Dar Darlington Nuclear Generating Station uh, and, and get a look at what is immediately around the station. So you, you'd, you'd get a really good look at, at what is uh, going on, but that has simply, uh, simply not been an issue. And people need to understand that on a very regular basis, groundwater, all of this stuff is, is in fact being monitored. You hear about the radiation doses that, you know, that people are getting. And this is, you know, again, fact versus fiction. Uh, you know, those, those numbers are on a regular basis uh, kept track of. And there, you know, there is just no factual basis in things that you're hearing. So again, an issue that you'll run into is, you know, farmland here has gone up in price as much as anything else, but it's... Um, uh, and, and, you know, our community is not that much different from South Bruce. We are a community of communities. Curtis is a fairly large, I'm calling it fairly large, I'm going to say about 28,000. Bowmanville, the largest, uh, probably around 40. Uh, Newcastle and a bunch of, a bunch of hamlets. Uh, so we're not one, one central community. Uh, we're spread out with, with lots of agriculture and, and lots of rural. I personally always believe we've had decades of people farming near Bruce Power with never an issue. And in that case, we're talking about the world's largest active nuclear facility. Like it's active reactors, eight reactors actively creating power and no one's ever been negatively impacted. So, you know, to say that a passive storage system is going to cause a problem to me doesn't it just doesn't make sense because if we're going to compare a passive storage to an active reactor, if the active reactor's always been okay, the passive storage will be okay. Yeah. So I, I guess what what people may want to do is, you know, the question is, uh, how does a DGR, you know, how does the radioactivity from a, a repository manage to impact crops? Uh, and people may say, well, groundwater, you know, or or what whatever it is that they're worried about. And what they should be doing is asking, asking the questions rather than making the assumption, come up with your questions as to how might this happen and what is the answer as to uh, why it, it can't or why it is so incredibly uh, unlikely to happen. Uh, but a, a lot of, you know, a lot of questions are unanswered. Uh, and, and I know that the organizations, be it NWMO, NRCAN, CNSC, I know they, you know, they are delighted to engage in conversation uh, and answer those questions or get answers if they can't uh, to the questions. So reach out to the source and ask. Yeah, and, and I find too sometimes what's happening is things are being taken out of context. I know, for example, one of the famous ones is one of in one of the NWMO's background papers, there's a sentence that says, when the containers eventually fail due to corrosion, I can almost quote it because I've seen it so many times. And it's like, look, they're admitting that the, the containers will fail, but they don't include any of the other information. They don't include the new study that shows it'll take 2 million years to corrode the copper, 2 million years. And it's like, we're really gonna split hair. Like that's a ridiculous amount of time. By the time anything happens, it's not gonna be radioactive anymore. 
well and ignoring the fact that you know the the fuel is ceramic and so if the copper goes you know you're talking about the ceramic you're talking about the uh, uh casing the uh the bentonite the whole clay you know so yeah. so you're right you take the one piece and that bit of information so it's you know one difficult when when you when you look at you know why they pick copper so you ask the question and that whole thing is fascinating you know i'd, I'd encourage people that are concerned to look at um, you know, some of the stuff that they've done in the presentations around, you know, why they're doing what they're doing, uh, you know, uh, bugs, I'll make the number up, I can't recall, but uh, bugs that have been dead a 1000 years that are still juicy, uh, because they've, they, you know, they've been in clay for a 1000, you know, a 1000 yeah. years later. And again, I made that number up, I can't recall it. But you, you look at the resistance of copper, the prints, the properties of, of ceramics, you know, just sort of this overall package, ignoring the fact that that you're in a rock cavern that's got millions of years of of stability. Uh, so there, I mean, they're all great questions and great things to highlight. But get the answer instead of jumping to a conclusion. Uh, there are people out there willing to to give you informed answers. And I, I think the key there too is to ask the questions with the intent to listen and accept the answer. I know we have a lot of people asking the question with the intent to, what's the right word, to 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 catch them in a trap, right? Oh, they said yeah. this. That means that it's, you know, they're not actually asking questions to actually get the answers and listen and take in the information. It's always with this veil of, oh, we're going to catch them, you know, which is also counterproductive. Yeah. And, and, you know, there, there are probably multiple sources if, you know, we all run into people that we just don't get along with, you know, and, and perhaps don't trust. Uh, so, you know, it, perhaps that, but if, if you hear the same answer repeated by a variety of experts, at some point, you've got to say, well, you know, maybe I need to listen to them. Uh, and on the DGR, so, you know, this isn't specific to Canada, if we look at what's going on in Finland, uh, Sweden, you know, France, uh, we've got global experts that have spent a lot of time on this that are coming up with best practices. And at some point, you might want to consider with an open mind, you know, and having that open mind might bring you to other questions that should be asked, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I didn't really consider asking this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I know we have this phenomenon maybe is the right word happening here in South Bruce where because of this DGR and the conversations happening with it anyone who works in the nuclear industry like myself we are considered non-trustworthy nobody nobody will believe what we say nobody will ask us questions it's oh you're paid by the industry you're going to do this anyway have you ever noticed that in your community that you know when something maybe off the cuff or new happens people are hesitant to ask the nuclear workers what's going on we are having that phenomena completely separate from nuclear. We have some planning issues uh, that are going on today that have a group of residents concerned. The issue is, is actually pretty straightforward. I can point to a variety of planning experts from outside of the municipality that are supporting what our staff are trying to communicate with the public. Our staff are not to be trusted or their answers. I am not to be trusted. Uh, and I'm not a planning expert. Trust me, I'm 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 leaning on the experts. Uh, but even you know, third-party independent experts, uh, you know, are not to be trusted. Part of it is um, we have failed miserably 
somehow <laughs> in getting a message across. And the other problem is, and if anyone, any from one from here listens to this, they're going to be furious with me. But uh, a group of people have been fed some very misleading information, which hasn't helped. So that that mistrust uh, has been fomented. It, it, it you know, mm-hmm. it's uh, uh, which, which is unhealthy. It's unfortunate. You've got people who are uh, angry, uh, who who don't need to be angry. It, it, it's unfortunate, purposeful negativity. It's so, funny so- because that that's. <laughs> It's, it's funny. I shouldn't say funny, funny. I have to stop using the word funny when I actually mean like strange, Depressing. it's strange. <laughs> it's strange because, you know, we have that happening here. It's almost the same thing as happened here with the DGR and don't get me wrong. I love our mayor. I love our council. I think they do a great job. They really dropped the ball in getting messaging out about this, about the DGR project and the anti-nuclear groups swooped in and picked up some people who were maybe unsure and it's just got that whole anti-nuclear, this is bad, it's poisonous, yada, yada, all the good stuff. Narrative has taken over and you can't break that down because that narrative is terrifying. It doesn't matter that it's wrong. Like it's terrifying. And it's like, well, if that does happen, that's a big risk. So we can't overlook that. I'm the mayor of, you know, a fairly large municipality and Senate Durham region, which, which is, you know, large of its own. Uh, and I will fully admit that governments suck <laughs> in terms frequently of communicating. We've got phenomenal people in communications, but the nature of what we do uh, and how we communicate is not suited uh, for things like this. And part of the problem, again, whether it's CNSC, NWMO, uh, part of the issue is we can't and won't sensationalize things. I would suggest we are going to provide perhaps more information than we need to, to make sure that everything is crystal clear. And quite frankly, we're not going to exaggerate or misrepresent. Uh, so you have seen things as, as an expert that I am not, you've seen statements that are, are beyond the pale and absolutely untrue. Uh, and, and again, you know, the you know, governments and government agencies can't do that. Uh, we can't be nearly as sensational as some of the other groups unfortunately and not all of them you know there there are there are groups uh, there are there are concerned individuals who genuinely uh, want to be educated and, and and may continue to be opposed uh, to nuclear opposed to D, the DGR uh, based on the information they've got and that's yeah you know th- you know that that's well that's well fine and and um, and absolutely correct yeah. And so just, just to be clear, I get uncomfortable when people refer to me as an expert. I've, <laughs> I never claim to be an expert, but I definitely have experience that a lot of people do not have. So I, I well, don't downplay your knowledge of the, uh, so instead of expert, but your knowledge of the industry of how things work and what goes on is vastly greater uh, than mine because you do this day in and day out. Uh, so don't don't diminish your knowledge. <laughs> but, well, <laughs> so we'll take the expert away. But but truthfully, um, you know, you have a unique insight that most of us do not have. And I think it's funny when you mentioned about people who are genuinely concerned or have genuine concerns. And one of my concerns here is that kind of backtrack a little bit. I I feel like we have a rational opposition and there's also a radical opposition. And those two groups are not necessarily the same, except that those who are rationally opposed 
seem to gravitate towards the radical just because they can be in a group. And I feel like the rational concerns for the DGR are largely being unaddressed or overlooked because all of the radical sensational things are the ones being promoted, you know, in the public and in the media by this anti-DGR group. And it's really concerning to me because I think the real issues that might come up aren't going to be talked about or addressed. And a lot of people's questions are going to go unanswered. So, so one of, you know, when, when we were talking to the CLC, one of the challenges, and I, and I don't know how you do it, especially in the world that we live in today, is providing a safe venue for people to express their concerns or, in fact, express their support. So where we are so divided on so many issues and, and where with social media, uh, we seem to have lost the ability uh, to have a reasonable conversation. Uh, where do you provide that safe space where someone's not going to be attacked? And, and quite frankly, uh, you know, we deal sometimes with, with people who are pro-nuclear attacking, and that's not helpful either. Uh, you, know, you don't want to silence uh, voices. You want to encourage uh, the the voices uh, on that. So, you know, provide that uh, that medium so that so we can hear the concerns and address them. Uh, you know, and it's entirely possible people are going to come up with concerns that need to be addressed. Uh, you know, there is no way that we. I'm saying we, and and this is me as being supportive of nuclear, but but I can guarantee that not every angle has been looked at. And if we get those voices. Uh, you know, there just might be a eureka moment that I really need to look over here and consider mm-hmm. glad, glad that someone brought it up. Right. Yeah. And I know that's, that's been our goal with willing to listen and starting that as, you know, a platform for people to talk about the project. You know, our, our local opposition group has banned everyone who doesn't hate the DGR from their Facebook page and made their own little echo chamber, which is fine. That's how they want to roll. I've tried very hard not to do that, while at the same time, anyone that I know is rabidly anti-nuclear, and I know who they are in the community. They're not, you know, it's not a secret. When they come on asking questions, I do tend to get a little snarky in my response because I know they're just poking at me and wasting my time, which also is bad because maybe they do have a concern we should be looking at. And I do have to do better at that. I can admit that. But I also take it very personally when people start attacking the industry that I work for and that I understand and that I know is a good thing. It's hard. It's human nature. And there are, uh, you know, particularly on social media, the challenges. There are people who want a fight. That's the entire, you know, I, I deal on a regular basis with residents who are not interested in an answer. Uh, you know, they want a fight. There's a, uh, I don't know if you're a Monty Python fan, but there's a, a wonderful skit about the argument. Uh, so if you're a Monty Python fan, Google Monty Python, the argument, it's hilarious. It's where you pay to have an argument. Yeah, oh, so, it, you know, so yeah, you, you know, you, you pay for an argument uh, and it's exceptionally well done. But there are people who want that. Uh, and, you know, the, the frightening and disturbing thing on social media is uh, many of those individuals are looking at creating damage. So, uh, you know, it's funny, I was talking with my son and I said, you know, if randomly I was in a store and I took someone and shoved them, uh, didn't do them any physical harm, but just out of the blue gave them a shove, uh, that would be completely and utterly inappropriate. People around me would be aghast. Uh, and yet on social media, there are people uh, that would like nothing more than to 
ruin your day, ruin your outlook, uh, you know, cause damage to your psyche. And, and that is their goal. Uh, and I don't understand how our society has allowed that uh, to be creative. It's, you know, it is no different from physically smacking someone. But if you broke down, you know, or, or I, they would be delighted. That's their goal uh, yeah. in this. And it's, yeah. uh, uh, you know, so you were saying we shouldn't use the word funny, so we will. It is it is strange that we tolerate that when mm-hmm. getting to your point, we need the dialogue, you know, yeah. and it doesn't mean that we all we accept something or or agree on the same thing. Yeah. And my biggest problem with social media, off on a tangent again, but is everyone's given a platform. Everyone has this platform of social media where they can put out in the world, whatever they want, people like it, share it, all of a sudden it goes viral. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. It's just that it's going crazy. So people are like, oh, this must be true. Look at all the people interacting with this post. This must be, and it's, it just blows my mind that that rational thinking has almost gone out the window with social media. You know, anything they see that's popular must be true. Yeah, well, and, and you know, we, we should know by now to check anything that we read uh, you know, to see you know, what's accurate or or what's uh, not. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, at this point in the game, if you can operate a computer, <laughs> which is yeah. pretty easy, uh, you you have to understand. You know that so much stuff out there uh, is either exaggerated, uh, it's been misinterpreted. You know, even with the pandemic, you know the the pandemic is is a great example. Yeah. Uh, you know the our our communications are. Uh, asking people to please check the source, you know, so, so who is telling you that, you know, that, that if you stare at the moon on a, you know, a night with a full moon that you're going to be cured of something. Yeah. (laughs) Check the source. So in closing, I just, I'm curious as to your kind of personal thoughts on, you know, if Clarington was one of the municipalities left as a potential host community, like what would your concerns be? Um, you, exactly what you're going through now, you know, quite, uh, quite frankly. So, you know, there's a huge amount of community engagement. So we've got the plant here and true of most big projects. Uh, and, and I can, I can, and it doesn't need to be nuclear. You know, there, there will be tremendous opposition uh, at the beginning and then people see and learn uh, and get comfortable. So, you know, building Darlington was not an easy or simple uh, process or project at all. Port Granby, the the community community around Port Granby and part of the Port Hope Area Initiative uh, was deeply concerned, and 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 there was particularly in Port Hope, uh, there there were a number of experts who came to town and said, you know, how awful and horrible this was going to be. Uh, and as the project has moved forward, and and I'm not saying that there are not lumps and bumps and. Port Granby was easier than Port Hope continues, but but it's literally digging up people's backyards. <laughs> if Port, it, it's it's a very different uh, thing. Uh, but you know the the project as we as we dealt with uh, people living immediately around uh, the area, the project actually went exceptionally smoothly. Uh, so the mound has now been capped. They haven't uh, taken all of the infrastructure away, but within a year, anyone on the lake is going to look and they're going to think that they're looking at a drumlet 
uh, you know, every everything will have been gone from that. It took a lot of a lot of consultation. It took a lot of questions being answered. So there is a lot of work involved, which is what you're going through. Uh, and were we to be identified as the DGR site, uh, all of that would happen as well. Uh, we would have you know, the same people probably because a lot of people who are anti do not come from the community that they're agitating in. Uh, Ignace is dealing with that on the good old uh, astroturfers. Well, it's the, you know, the spent fuel DGR. So talking with Ignace, it's a lot yeah. of people that are doing this don't, don't live here. Uh, so, so we, we would go through the, we would go through the same process. It may be a little bit, uh, a little bit different given the knowledge of nuclear. And the reality is for many, 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 many years, we have hosted the spent fuel, you know, and, and we, we do host, you know, we can point to Port, Port Granby saying, you know, here's an example of how this project went and went exceptionally well. And at the end of the day uh, is, is beneficial uh, to the community. Yeah. So say Clarington was for some reason selected as the host community. Would you, would you continue to live there or would you leave? Oh, no, I, I, I would have absolutely no problem in staying here if a condo was built that I wanted closer to the plant or closer to the DGR, I, I would be happy to move in. Uh, you know, and again, and that's based, for me, it's been based on, you know, many years of, of talk with NWMO, being involved with NWMO, you know, uh, having the, the power plant here. You know, it's by no means been someone explained it to me and I said, Eureka, this is wonderful. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but uh, but there have been a lot of questions, a lot of engagement, a lot of involvement. And that's what your community is going through right now. And I think an important key thing, too, that a lot of people don't understand. And I remember it was drilled into my head when I first started as an operator, you know, when they're talking about the safety culture and, you know, making sure that you're following procedures, doing things properly. And someone had said to me, a nuclear incident anywhere affects the industry everywhere. And nobody is going, nobody would be supporting DGRs if they weren't safe, because the whole industry knows if something happened, and it didn't go as planned, it would be awful for the whole industry. Like the industry does tread very carefully with what they do, because they realize the smallest thing is used against the, the whole yeah, no, I, you know, it's, uh, I know in speaking with, uh, you know, with a, an OPG employee, a car uh, in the parking lot had overheated. Uh, so, uh, you know, coolant, and I got to tell you, this happened at my house, but there was a leak, you know, but, but that's, that's reportable, not a nuclear reportable, but they're saying, you know, at yep. some point, uh, you know, you, you, you need, and, and you're absolutely right that, you know, something that happens in one spot has, has ramifications you know, absolutely everywhere. And, and until you understand the culture and the safety culture, which again is difficult for people that, um, you know, aren't engaged is, yeah. you know, is, is an understanding of the culture, uh, the focus uh, and, and the why. Uh, so, so people that haven't been engaged might be surprised at the depth to which, you know, that culture is imbued in the industry. Yeah, and I know it's funny when you mentioned about the leaking car so part of my job is to make the drinking water, the domestic water for the station. And it's funny because if if we have a, a spill or a leak of our drinking water, we have to report it because it's it's a spill of chlorinated water. Meanwhile, people water their lawns with chlorinated water yeah. and it's totally right. fine. But if I spill it at work, I well, have this, to report it. Yeah. So this is stuff that people need to hear and they're going to go, really? And it's, you know, that is, 
you know, that's the depth to which this goes. And on the one hand, you can go, you know, it's a pain having to do this and everyone agree that it's silly and it's, it's a pain and it's silly until it's not, uh, yeah. but it, but it does speak to the rigor that, uh, that exists in the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. I really do appreciate it. Feel anytime. And that's it for this episode of Willing to Listen South Bruce Proud. I look forward to further investigating Canada's plan for spent nuclear fuel along with all of you. Thanks so much for joining me. And remember, we don't have to agree on anything to be kind to one another. Mm-hmm.